My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 64 of The Kate Show. And today we're talking all about why offering discounts will not revive a dry pipeline. So if you run an interior design, home staging, or workroom business and you find yourself without your next project on the horizon or if your projects are coming in sporadically or they just aren't ideal, they're very small, then this episode is specifically for you. Now I work with interior designers and home stagers and so on, mostly in the US, but I've got customers in the UK and Canada and Australia who also have these same issues. So I know it's not a geographical problem and I know it's not an age issue. It is simply the fact that the ebb and flow of business can be scary, but Going to a paranoia-induced decision like offering a discount will have a certain impact on your business, and I'm not so sure it's the impact that you want. So let's go over a little scenario and then dive right into what exactly you should be doing if you find yourself in that situation. So I recently spoke with someone in the home industry who said, I only have one project in my pipeline and it turned into a bidding war between me and another home industry professional. Now I want the client to choose me because I need the money much sooner than later, but I'm not sure what to do. Should I discount my services to get the job? We're going to answer that question in this episode, so let's dive right in. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. I've been asked the question, should I discount my services in order to get more clients since I'm in dire need of the funds right now? And I also want you guys to know, I used to be the one asking those questions. When I first started my business, I constantly wondered if my pricing was too high, too low, if I just didn't offer enough services. I wasn't sure what to do or what was going on. I was convinced that something was wrong with me, that I wasn't doing enough to market my business, or that I personally wasn't enough, that I was never meant to be a business owner, and that I was ridiculous for thinking success was attainable. Now, that's such a dark place to be, and if you guys have found yourself there even once in your career, then you're not alone. I mean, I've spoken with people in their 20s and through their 50s and even their 60s who've all had the same reaction to a slow growing business. And it can be even more confusing for people who have had very successful businesses and really great years only to have a year where things just plummet. Things really honestly suck. They aren't getting the projects they want. They aren't getting any projects and they start to get nervous. They get worried and hey, that's understandable. I mean, this is our livelihood. While we love what we do, it's also something that pays the bills, puts our kids through college, or if you're like me, gets ready for said baby. So it is very important and it is worth being concerned about, but there are certain things you just shouldn't do even when you're desperate. So first of all, don't think there's something wrong with you. It isn't, there's nothing wrong with you. 
It could be the time of year. It could be that you've lost sight of your target client. It could be that your target client has changed. That's very possible and completely normal, by the way. As your business evolves, your target client might also evolve or completely change directions. It's fine as long as you make sure you adapt your marketing to accommodate it. Now, despite the very black and white nature of this, of, oh, just change how you're marketing your business, there is this very gray area where people do start to take it personally. They think if their business is quote unquote failing, then they must be too. But that's not true. Now, here's a weird thing. The value of our services and the value we place on ourselves are intrinsically connected. So if one is rejected, the other often will follow suit, at least in our heads. And it really creates a downward spiral of self-deprecation and discounts. And those are two very bad things to mix. Now, because this is no way to live, I want to give you a new perspective with actionable tips on how to defeat the discount monster. And if this describes you right now, or you know of a friend or a colleague who's trying to run a business and finds herself in this quagmire, then I hope you'll share this episode with her. So let's talk a little bit about pricing. Price is actually not a selling point. So if you find yourself questioning your price tag, thinking surely that must be the reason why you aren't getting many projects, I want you to think about your pricing differently. Because price is not a selling point, it's actually the last thing a good client considers. Instead, he or she is going to weigh the perceived value of you and your services first. Do you clearly understand their needs? Are you capable of providing a solution? Do you have proof that you're capable, meaning customer testimonials and such? Will you save your client time? Now, time is much more important to this client than money, regardless of their actual budget. And you'll need to make all these things evident throughout your website and your client-facing materials. It's your job to control the value your clients perceive. If your design fee is $300 an hour and your marketing is on par with that number and you're able to deliver everything as promised, go for it. Your pricing is not too high. You'll be able to sell projects at at that price point because again, price is just an afterthought and it's being supported by all of the proof and the evidence that you give beforehand. So remember, the issue is not your pricing, but it could be your perceived value. To help you understand what perceived value is, let's take it away from business for a second and think about your personal life. When you're shopping at Target versus when you're shopping at Nordstrom or Anthropology, what are your expectations? Well, for Target, we know we're going to get pretty good deals on stuff that's relatively available anywhere, but you know, we still like it. We're still willing to go there way more than we should. But then there's Anthropology or Nordstrom. Now, they're a lot more expensive. They kick it up a notch and they're known for having really cutting edge styles and even home decor items that you're just not going to find at Target. Like, hey, I'm not throwing shade to the Magnolia line because that is so cute. But you're not going to necessarily find that at Anthropology or Nordstrom. You're going to find a different set of products serving a different demographic altogether. 
Now, if you're the type of person who shops at both, that's totally cool. But what I have found is that people tend to be Target loyal or Nordstrom loyal, and Target becomes more of, oh, I need to go there because I need some basics. Whereas Nordstrom and such becomes, well, I need a new dress for a wedding, so I'm going to go there. Or, you know, wherever you shop that's more high-end than Target. And I say Target instead of Walmart or something because I do see Walmart as being the most discounted of all. That's actually part of their branding. And you want to make sure that you are not giving yourself the Walmart version of branding and maybe even not the Target version. Although there's nothing wrong with Target, is that really going to appeal to the type of client that you want? Now, if you're trying to reach that high-end person, or let's just say the person who shops at Nordstrom on a regular basis, they spend several hundred dollars per shopping trip, and they have zero problems with it, making your prices Walmart version or Target version will not help attract that person. But what will attract them is if you are offering really wonderful service packages that are tailored to their exact needs. Because once you are trying to target a client who is willing to spend more, they also expect more and you need to anticipate those expectations and meet them. Because if you're not meeting them immediately, then the perceived value of your services goes down and they just think, well, this is a very expensive target. I'm not interested. I'll go somewhere else. So it's important that you take a step back, get out of your own head and think about how am I really presenting myself to clients? And if my pricing does seem too high, do I actually need to lower my prices or do I just need to increase my perceived value? Okay, so this is something that you might want to work with a business coach on or a marketing coach because it is so important for you as a person to know that you are not being rejected and that it's actually just a marketing message issue. And like I said, it may also be the time of year. Have you adapted your marketing for the time of year? Have you been consistently working to get new leads all year long so that when the slow season comes, you already have projects booked out? That's another issue that I see where people are so dependent on the word of mouth referrals that they've been getting for years and years that when that pipeline suddenly dries up, they're like, Oh no, what now? My business is going to go under. I'm going to have to fold. I'm going to file bankruptcy. I'm going to be a loser. And you're not. You're not going to do any of those things. You're far too dedicated to your business and you have far too much talent to call it quits. So I want you to put that out of your head right now. You are going to still be successful. You're going to get that next project and you're going to feel much better. But you've got to take a hard look at your numbers and don't cut discounts because when you start offering the discounts, you go into the Walmart and Target categories. Do you really want to work with people like that who only choose to work with you because you're cheaper? Well, if you're trying to get the high-end client, then absolutely not. That would be a huge betrayal to your brand and to your bottom line because we both know you're worth more than that. Now, we're going to take a little break and when we come back, I am going to dive deeper into this whole situation to give you an idea of how you can fix the issue of your perceived value. Hey, interior designers. How much time are you currently spending creating floor plans, furniture arrangements, or sourcing product, or creating mood boards? 
Well, here's the good news. You do not have to keep spending many, many precious hours of your time on these things that you could actually hand off to someone else. Now, I'm not suggesting that you hire an employee or that you add another person to your in-house team because that's not always a good fit for everyone. From a legal and tax standpoint, having an employee can be expensive and it can also be risky, which is why I am really excited to introduce you guys to my friend Brittany Elms of My Design Assistant. So Brittany specializes in virtual assistant services exactly and specifically for interior designers so that you can spend more time growing your business, your brand, and getting the publicity that you deserve without spending hours creating those mood boards or sourcing those products. Because we know these things are very important to your design process, but the good news is it doesn't all have to be done by you. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level and start outsourcing things that you don't necessarily have to have your hands in, go over to mydesignassistant.com, check out Brittany's services, her reviews, and book a time with her online. Head over to mydesignassistant.com to get started. Because managing your perceived value is really the same as managing your customer expectations, it's actually really easy to accomplish any little adjustments. So if you want to help your potential clients see your true value, a value that matches the prices you have set forth and stand firmly beside, then here's what you need to do. List in detail the many aspects of the work you provide for a client during each service or phase of a project. Now just grab a notebook and do this, write it all down, every little thing. And include things like the emotional side of it, the emotional support you provide or how you can lower the stress of anyone going through the sale of a home or a big renovation or furnishing their home. Don't assume that your clients already know all the little details of all the things you do. These details should be on your website, in your services page, in any printed marketing, in any client onboarding materials, because you really shouldn't make assumptions that people know all the things you're doing behind the scenes to make their project go off without a hitch. Now you're gonna also need to describe the difficulties this person would experience if they were doing this project without you. Your goal here is to make yourself invaluable. Now the client probably already knows they'd be in a pickle without you and your explanation of it will further solidify to them that you know what you're doing and you know what they would be up against without you. You also need to explain how your clients feel after working with you. Emotion plays a big part in decision making far more than price ever does. And it doesn't matter if your target client is a corporate lawyer or a stay at home mom, at the end of the day, everyone uses emotion to make those decisions. And remember guys, if you ever feel like you have to lower your rates to land a project and you were chosen for that project, the truth is you're chosen because the client believed you were cheap. Now don't blame the client because that's exactly what you told them if you gave them a discount. It sets the precedent for a project and a client relationship that's based on you working many unpaid hours, lowering your already low confidence and allowing yourself to be taken advantage of by a bargain hunter who got exactly what they wanted. Oh, that sounds like a toxic relationship. It sounds like a bad business decision. 
And I bet it's one that most of you have made because, hey guys, I've made it too. But what's worse, I've made this mistake repeatedly. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about it today. Because nothing good comes out of becoming cheap. Sure, you might get a little bit of money in your bank account, but then your marketing shifts into, oh, well, that's the discounted designer. Well, I worked with her because she's affordable. No, no, no. You don't want to be affordable. You want to be invaluable. So next time you're faced with no projects on the horizon and you are tempted to run a sale to generate some new leads or you, or you just want to send out a mass email saying, hey, anybody, like, hire me, get a free consult. Instead, I want you to do this. Hop on a live social media video like Instagram Live or Facebook Live or even Instagram Stories and share a few tips for your ideal client. Or you could even answer some frequently asked questions. And it doesn't matter if your audience on social media is big or small. This will still set you up as a professional, a leader, and a resource. That makes you invaluable. And that positioning will land many more projects than a sale or a discount ever could. Because when you're putting yourself out there like that in a way that will truly help your ideal client, it facilitates a relationship. Whereas offering a sale or a discount doesn't facilitate any sort of relationship, it just facilitates the exchange of money on a one-time occasion. And that's not what you want. You want a high-end client or whatever you define as high-end and you want them to continue working with you for years to come. You want them to refer their friends and family to you. You do not want a bargain hunter who will just move on when someone cheaper comes along. So next time you find yourself faced with a bargain hunter who's asking for a discount or you get involved in a bidding war where it's really just coming down to price, you can either say no or you could offer a lower level of service at a price point that that particular client can work with. Now we have to remember there are some clients out there who desperately do want to work with you at a very high-end level, but they just can't. So instead of turning them away, you could create a lower level service package and it's up to you what you include in that. But that way, you're not just lowering your price for the sake of lowering your price, you're actually removing services so that it takes less time and effort on your part, but still serves the client. They feel taken care of, and then when they're able to afford more from you, they likely will. Now, if that still isn't enough for that particular client and they ask for more discounts, just move on. I promise you, it's not worth it. I want to take a minute now and talk to the subset group of you who understand who your ideal client is and whose perceived value also matches the prices that you're charging, but you're also experiencing that famine of a dry pipeline. You guys have a unique situation and I don't want to just glaze over it. So if you've had a track record of getting the right clients and having really successful projects and then all of a sudden it just kind of disappeared, then it is time to look at how you're marketing and were you consistently looking for leads all year long or were you so busy with projects that you kind of forgot to stay in touch with your mailing list or you forgot to be active on social media in your situation, I would say it's definitely time to do some outsourcing or some hiring, whatever you prefer, 
so that you can focus on the creative work when it comes and not have to worry about getting new leads generated in the background. And while you're at it, I want you to work through a little checklist, which is essentially this. Number one, has your ideal client changed? Number two, have you made any significant changes to your website lately? Because here's the thing. Sometimes when people get new websites and they work with someone who doesn't quite understand the idea of an ideal client or the idea of SEO and website copy, their websites can often become a jumbled mess of a lot of different things where they're actually trying to appeal to multiple target clients and they're talking about too many services at once and it becomes so confusing and overwhelming for anybody who lands on your website. So I would suggest looking at your website. Do you need to make changes? Do you need to undo some changes? Get Google Analytics set up on your site so that you understand what keywords you're ranking for, what your bounce rate is. And again, bounce rate is just how many people come to your website and then leave without doing anything. Because if you've got more than 40% of your website visitors coming to your site and then just leaving, that's a bad sign. You need to get it under 40% because then you'll know that your site will actually be working for you in the background as a tool instead of just as a thing with your pictures on it. So those are the checklists that you need to go through when you are that successful designer stager or workroom that suddenly went dry. It's famine land, you know, you're living in a desert, you don't like it, you're not sure where your next project is coming from. Now, you're likely very in tune with how your customers change their buying habits throughout the year. You know when it is a good time to reach out and when it's not. You understand what your busy season is and what it's not. And as your ideal client changes, that will change as well. So make sure that you still have a good handle on who you're serving. Now, if you've also recently changed your service packages, are they aligned with your ideal client? Are they being presented in a way that is clear and not jumbled or confusing? These are all good questions you need to ask. So if you have any questions for me, I suggest that you go to the Marketing for Home Pros Facebook group, put your question in there, and I will answer it personally. Because if you have that question, chances are there are a lot of other professionals and colleagues of yours that will have that question as well. And the last thing I want is for any of you to make a paranoia-induced marketing decision that ends up hurting you or your business. You are worth far more than that. All right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.